Hello one, hello all. I am Ray Harkins. You're listening to 100 Words or Less, the podcast. Thank you for joining us on this this holiday season. It's uh, it's crazy, right? Like there's just so many people out. Everyone's shopping. Everyone's doing all their stuff. Hopefully you get a moment to like breathe and relax and like enjoy the company of your friends and family or whoever you're spending the time with. Because man, sometimes you just get, get lost in the shuffle. But anyways, we are discussing independent music of the punk, hardcore, indie rock variety. We're bringing people on this show that are involved with it, that shape it, that actually in this episode, tattoo it. My friend, Mark Jackson, who has played in, honestly, a million bands. He is a fixture within the independent music scene here in Southern California, playing bands like Throwdown, currently plays in the Eulogy. Um, He's just done so much. He is my own personal tattoo artist. (laughs) He is a great human being, and I wanted to have him on for multiple reasons. One, obviously, his involvement within punk and hardcore, but two, to kind of, um, I don't know, pick his brain about tattoo culture, because there's a lot of things that I find really, really interesting about tattoo culture, especially for a person like himself, who's been involved for 20 plus years in that subculture. And uh, yeah, we get into it. It's really, really interesting to, you know, kind of hear his perspective on how people can sometimes be, you know, elitist and jaded when it comes to, you know, how mainstream tattoo culture has become, because essentially it mirrors a lot of what's happened in the music scene and, you know, how popular like hardcore and punk has become over the past 20 or 30 years. And so Mark offers some pretty awesome insight. And I was really happy that he was able to come on and we were able to make this interview happen because we, uh, we had a few reschedules, but <laughs> it finally happened. A programming note, I will not be publishing a episode next week. You know, just Take take the time, spend it with your friends and family. Don't, you know, be listening to uh, to podcasts at that time, even though, you know, you probably will be, but I'm just going to take a break for that week. But then the week after that, on January 1st, I will be publishing our best of 2019 episode where I've got my friends Joey Cahill and Jeremy Bohm coming on the episode to uh, do our usual two, three hour podcast where we talk about all our favorite records of that past year. So it's a little bit later than usual, but um, you know, we're just all busy and trying to coordinate our schedules is difficult, but so yeah, no episode, no new episode next week. The following week, you will get a chock full episode, the best of 2019, which is one of my favorite episodes to record of the year. But Anyways, um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got for you, okay? So let's talk to Mark Jackson. Super, super insightful conversation, and I was really happy to uh, have it with him and bring it to you. So here is Mark. Being friends as long as we have... It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I have no idea where we first met. Like where we first like, hey, Mark, this is Ray. Ray, this is Mark. Yeah. But, I mean, if you remember. I'm, I'm, I'm. Because it's like. I'll assume either Coos or Showcase. (laughs) Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think that was on the acquaintance side, probably more when uh, Bleeding Through happened. That was probably more of the. Yep. Because you would friends. you you would go over to Choice House to practice, yeah, say right? We could always yeah. we'd basically be double up practice. Ships right? passing in the night, yeah. Taken's ending, bleeding <laughs> through his beginning. Basically, just share the same equipment <laughs> yeah. in, in the bedroom. Which was, I can't even believe his parents did that. It's unreal. Yeah, just unreal. like four hours of punishment on a Sunday. <laughs> just just relentless band Seriously, practice all day long. All day long. <laughs> just dudes hanging out. Yep, and being like going into their. Uh, Going into their refrigerator and right, just yeah, <laughs> yeah, just hanging out all day. 
but the the thing that always right just rating the house. <laughs> the thing that always struck me about you, where like you know you like clearly have a distinct look in regards to you know your oh, tattoos. And no, this isn't this is not not a bad thing. But like you're very nineties uh, IE look. No, but but you've but you've always been very um, quiet. Like you are fun and Thank obviously you. a good dude to hang out with. But you're not the guy that's like walking into a room and being like, Oh dude, here's, here's Marky. He's going to suck all the air out of the room. You know, like here's the, <laughs> here's, here's the, uh, the life of the party right. that's going to put a lampshade on his head or whatever. Right. Um, has that always kind of like been your sort of nature, so to speak, where you, I think so. And, and I'm a drummer for a reason. You know what I mean? Like sure. Being behind and just kind of observing everything. Um, I mean, I do enjoy getting in the mix for sure. And I'll talk enough shit to, <laughs> either have people like me or hate me but um sure <clears throat> Lou um but yeah I, I try not to bring too much extra attention to myself I guess you know what I mean mm-hmm. um maybe it's a confidence thing that I've, I've had or I just don't want people like oh that guy's doing that wrong you know what I mean so I just rather just kind of just just do your thing yeah just do my thing you know be with my friends when I'm with my friends obviously you're gonna be more comfortable no matter what right so, but I think, yeah, show shows or whatever. There's a group of people. I'm I'm just gonna kind of hang out and just right take everything else in and just see what what everybody else is doing that I can make fun of. Sure. <laughs> well, it's interesting you met you mentioned the the drummer thing. If you wouldn't mind holding the mic a little bit closer. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting you mentioned the drummer thing because I think that most people kind of presume that of drummers right of where it's just like oh yeah like drummers are usually the, the quote-unquote weirdos like you know there's something eccentric about mm-hmm. most of drummers in some capacity right either that they are you know quiet and reserved right. or they are like oh yeah they're really good at drums but they're kind of like you know their taste right, is weird yeah, or whatever yeah, off, for <laughs> sure <laughs> is that that like would you agree with that generalized statement yeah i guess i mean there's there's Definitely dudes that I know that are normal. I, I'm actually, yeah. um, my, a friend of mine once was like, you're the most normal drummer I know, like, as a, as a person. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know some dudes, you know, like, Chris is a total normal dude. Yeah. You know? Um, and there's, there's we have lots of friends that are, but then you got people like Troy, who is yes normal, but, like, almost extra normal, where it's weird. Totally. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah. Know? Great guy, you know. I'm not of saying course. anything bad, but it's just yeah. There's 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 definitely that stigma, I guess, of being a drummer where you're the weirdo and the right. loud guy and just trying to be noticed because you're probably the dude in the back and you want to be seen or whatever. Sure. Whereas I enjoy right kind of hanging out back there and just be in the pocket. Yeah, you can watch people fall. You know, the other night, Kevin, our bass player, just took a huge tumble and everybody saw the end. And I was like, oh, I saw the entire thing. It was great. <laughs> You know, yeah. like I got a front row seat yeah, exactly. to everything. Yeah, I'm totally happy with that. You yeah, know what I mean, so. I see the crowd. Yeah. I see the band. I see yeah. everything that's happening. Yeah, yeah. I hear every wrong note. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, everything. I'm I'm literally just sitting here. I mean, of course, I'm keeping time and I'm doing yeah, everything well, I need to. to. Keep time. Right. Um. <laughs> and it, it about about your drumming in particular too, where it's like you, you know, I, I remember when I first started to watch you play, um, you know, each drummer obviously has their own sort of distinct style mm-hmm. and, you know, you were, um, 
especially in comparison to a lot of the other drummers that I, I mean, whatever, Matt Horowitz and Ken Floyd and those dudes, like everyone was very, you know, unique in the way that they did stuff, including yeah. you. And it was always one of those things, like, especially when, you know, whatever was the, you know, you don't have to be blood, be family, like era of throwdown okay. where, you know, you, you are very highly credited for the, uh, the, the use or maybe overuse <laughs> yeah. of the, uh, China symbol. Well, I'll, I'll say overuse for sure. Yeah. <laughs> was, and was that like, where did that come from? Um, I mean, it could come from a lot of things, you know, um, yeah. Chokehold used it a lot. They did. Um, many of like those hair rock bands <clears throat> had a lot of it, you know, and mm-hmm. I still listen to music now and I'm like, that's probably where that came from. You know, like sure. it could be any influence, you know, like I listen to like a rat song or something. I'm like, okay, they used it there and yep. you know, pick little pieces and, and I mean, there's no, no secret that like Tommy Lee is one of my favorite drummers. Right. You know, I've played nothing like Tommy Lee. Sure. But you know, showman and I'm, I'm not that at all, but like he said, the bar pretty damn high sure you know and he he would use that or dave lombardo or, or you know going to orange county hardcore bands like mm-hmm. band that i eventually joined later yeah um full contact there was they had a lot of china going on in there too sure um so, so it was just, no, it was just like, something that you were kind there's of there's no direct pinpoint yeah you know, i took it from this person sure you know and even um Shit, even Ken was using it a lot, mm-hmm. you know, early on. Totally. Like that, that, uh, um, was it Lifeless or whatever? Lifeless EP, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure he used it quite a bit there, and Matt yeah. used it, and we all... Absolutely. Well, once everybody... We all used it, you know? Totally. There was no <laughs> shame in the China yeah, game. Yeah, and I think the, the, the fact that it was so appreciated, I was just like, I'm just going to throw it everywhere, you know? You just mean? lean into it. Give me another one, you know? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Two. I used two Chinas. You yeah, know? and you did. Yeah, and I I, did. Yeah. I think it was, just, it was just one of those things where it's like, I think especially like you're talking about in the context of being able to pull these influences from other places and then put them into, because, uh, you know, people that weren't raised with, you know, Rat or any of right, the right. glam metal Cinderella. stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they would look at what you were doing and just be kind of like, whoa, like that's wild. But, yeah. you know, it comes from somewhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it was when I visited China. Right. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I got the 4,000 year old China yeah. symbol. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you know. um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, there, like I said, there's no direct line of like, I got it from this. It was just kind of environmental, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. It just seeped in. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, do more of that. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Okay. This you is fun. Yeah. Sure. Why yeah. not? It's annoying. And, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it could fit in all these things. But yeah, like anything, you know, you get a new toy and you use it too much and then it's just. Yep. It's a heel in your, your thorn in your side or whatever, you know, it's like, it's like my, my cherry pie, you yeah. know what I mean? Where like, that's, that's what I'm known for. I'm like, I, I'm, I wish I was known for something else. You know what I mean? I guess it's, it's going to be known for <laughs> yeah. something, I guess, or yeah. something. Yeah. 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 That's whatever yeah. this, there's some saying there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and so you, you were, uh, you know, there's a lot of biographical information, obviously I know because we've known each other for so long. So you were, you know, born and raised in the Inland Empire mm-hmm. and you, um, you know, that's essentially where you got exposed to, you know, punk and hardcore. Yeah. And that was like, because that, that scene, at that time in the early nineties, um, you know, was, was pretty vibrant. Like there was yeah. a lot of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And was it like, did you get introduced to it? Like when you were in high school and it just kind of started happening that way or pretty much. Okay. Um, like I started jamming with some dude that worked with my mom. Okay. My mom was my, my biggest, uh, broker. Um, okay. My manager or whatever. Uh, sure. You know, she worked at Sears and she's like, Oh, you play guitar. My son plays drums. You know what I mean? Oh, that's and, got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
that and, ma- it makes total sense. And, yeah, you know, I used to play with like dudes that went to high school with my brother. You know, that mm-hmm. ended up doing you know other bands that were kind of big or whatever. And it's like funny to think, oh, I used to jam with that dude when I was like thirteen. Yeah. you know what I mean, right? Um, but yeah, you know, start meeting people that played music, and um, there's dudes that worked with my mom, and they were like in the hardcore, and so. Okay. You know, we I'd go jam with them, and then you know we call Spanky's, who's playing tonight? You know, wouldn't even know who's playing. Just oh, who's playing tonight? You know, and we'll yeah. go down to Spanky's, and then you know you start going to shows that way. Okay. Um, started a band, you know, called uh, Beg to Differ. Okay. That made the rounds. You know, back then, you know, we played like Mean Season and, and mm-hmm. all those, like that whole era of bands. You know, sure. Early 90, new early new age stuff. Yeah, yeah. Late ninety one, early ninety two is when that started. Okay. You know? Um. Yeah, exactly. Early New Age and, and whatever Big Frank's label was. Mm-hmm. Um, Neurosis, right? Oh, Nemesis? Nemesis, Nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, a lot of those bands and stuff. And so we, yeah. And I think, too, it draw it drew me in because I was like, these guys like heavy music. Mm-hmm. They don't drink. They don't smoke. I don't do that. You know, A, I was young. Mm-hmm. B, I just never really cared for it. Like, I used to try to hang out with the stoners in, mm-hmm. in like, junior high, and they didn't like me because I didn't smoke or drink or anything. I'm like, well, what do you do? Well, just hang out. Yeah, you know? play drums. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> play drums. Listen to the metal, you know? Uh-huh. So I ended up hanging out with all the gangsters and stuff. That was either you're hanging out with the stoners okay. or you're hanging out with the gangsters, you know? Yeah, and those so, are the only two choices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously, it was literally the only two choices. Yeah. Um, so that that's, like, that path went that way, you know? And that, that's probably more where the art stuff, you know, went. But, yeah, as far as music, these dudes like heavy stuff, didn't drink, didn't smoke. I was like, I, I can totally get into that. Right. You know? I can hang out with these yeah. guys. And so then we started going to shows all the time, started playing shows a lot. And then yeah. It was just pretty much. Just got consumed by it. Yeah. Did you care that. Did you care about uh, school at all? Like, was there a sort of path for you in your head in regards to like, no. oh, okay, yeah, Not you were just, just hanging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't care about school. You know, right. like it. it I, I tried, you know, I, I made it. I, I graduated high school at least. Um, yeah. But it was not an easy path because I was way more interested in playing music. Uh, yeah, you know? extracurricular activities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, touring Canada while I'm still in high school, you know what I mean? Like being in bands that like were actually on tour and had records out and stuff while you're still in high school, that makes you not care about high school at all. It's true. You know what I mean? Totally. I'm sure you guys did the same thing. You know, you guys all started young. Absolutely. So, yeah, you don't. You just start to, well, especially. This is so much funner than going to school. (laughs) Well, especially, too, (laughs) where, you you know, you come home from or you come home from a tour, you know, a summer tour or whatever. And like, you know, all you go back to school and everyone's talking about what they did in the summer. It's like, what did you do? I was like, well, I was on tour for two and a half months. People are just like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what does that even mean? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it definitely. It just gives I mean, I think not only does it obviously compare to school where you're just like, oh, this is like limiting, but like your, your world just opens up. Oh, yeah. Because you experience more. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we, we used to like I had summer school in uh, ninth grade, like between ninth and tenth grade. And I was ditching summer school to play shows. Right. You know, <laughs> so there, there's that. Right. Yeah. Before you're like, busted too, you know, like, uh, you know, leaving voicemail on my answer machine. You know? Uh huh. Yeah, I'm gonna go to this gig. We're playing. You know, it's it's three o'clock. You know, and then my dad calls like right after, like, hey, it's twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, just seeing if anybody's home. You know, <laughs> so I just totally get popped. You know, for that. Totally. You're like, whoops. But <laughs> yeah. about that. But yeah. you know what? Like they they understood and they 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 were always encouraging. You know, 
Yeah, they want me to be in school, but it's also summer school. So you can't right. get that mad at me for. Right. The, yeah. They were like, you know, just like graduate, graduate <laughs> yeah. school. Like we want you to do that. <laughs> yeah. But we're glad you like something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And my dad would take me to the shows. He would take me to practice, drop me off at Spanky's. That's great. You know, I'd play. He'd come pick me up. Yep. You know, and, and that was that. Like sure. the whole high school. Yeah. Know, super, sure. super supportive oh, over, yeah, over sure. your, especially too, because I think parents of drummers. Like, a lot of work. It is. Like, <laughs> it not only is it the loudest instrument, mm-hmm. because you can't turn down the volume, nope. but it is, like, you, you know, the transport of it. Yeah. It's always like, yeah, okay, yeah. we got to gotta do a lot. Yeah, I almost dare to say my dad bought a truck just specifically to haul my stuff. That's amazing. I mean? um, but, yeah, for sure. Had to stop at 10, you know. Yeah. Practice from, like, 8 to 10 if I want. Yeah. You know, and that was it. Yeah. And then, yeah, he would take me to practice, take me to shows. Right. Never went to any shows because he had to do dad stuff. Sure. You know. But drop you off, do you think? Yeah, it was essentially, essentially like baseball practice. Yard, come back. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. It's, just, it's essentially the same as a sport, except, obviously, the hours are different. You yeah. know, it's not a Saturday yeah. afternoon. It's a yeah. Saturday night or whatever. Yeah. And it's his doing. He's the one that bought me the drum set. So. This holiday season, you need to go no further than Sonos.com for probably the best presents that you can ever think of when it comes to speakers, when it comes to sound, and when it comes to piping those amazing holiday tunes throughout your house. So Sonos is the speaker of choice in my house and many of my friends' houses. You can get a system set up in less than five minutes. You have it dialed into a bunch of different rooms in which you will be able to stream music to one room that is completely different than what you were listening to in the living room. Plus, they also have a new speaker called the Sonos Move that is battery powered. You can toss it wherever you want to, airplay whatever music from your phone to the speaker, and it's just incredible. Sonos.com is the place where you need to go and find all of the information and get all of that stuff into your house. Trust me, I have a sound bar. I have a Play 5, which is basically their you know really supreme system for my living room. I have a, a speaker set up in my son's room. My whole house is outfitted with this stuff. And you can also dial it into your existing turntable as well. It's just so, so cool. So visit Sonos.com and happy holidays. I love you, Sonos. I can't wait to work with you in 2020. All right, now here's the rest of the show. Was, uh, did he... Did he have a desire to play drums, or was it one of those things like he was just like he saw your interest in he, music? Yeah, that was it. Was, okay, he he messed around with guitar, but not much. We we had a guitar in the house growing up. Okay, um, my dad loved music, like big time metal dude. Got it. And would take me and my brother to concerts from age six till now, you know, or whatever. Um, and so I've you know, beaten on pots and pans, you know, as a kid. Yep. There was the the Christmas where I got the drums, my brother got the guitar, you know. It's great. Here goes the band. Yeah, yeah exactly. Family band starting up right now. <laughs> um, and my brother got up, got over the guitar pretty quick, you know. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I stayed playing the drums, and I would play the guitar while he was hanging out with his friends. Right. You know, so I taught myself how to play his guitar. It's great. Because um, I could play it. While he's gone, you know, of course, and, yeah. and not get in trouble for being loud. Totally, you know? yeah, yeah. You're um, like, when I have to stop playing drums, yeah, I can exactly. obviously, yeah. yeah. If I wanted to do something else besides watch TV or whatever, so yeah, um, or homework. Um, but yeah, he he bought us that just I think just because he saw the interest, and you know, mm-hmm. we were totally consumed with MTV, and right. so it was just one of those things where it's like, cool. Well, let's see where this goes. Yeah, and, and he embraced us. You know, trying to do whatever we want. My brother was more, he's more academic, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I obviously have no desire to be too smart. Sure. So. In, in, acad- in, in academia, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you don't want to be a teacher or whatever. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, and like, and like you said, I, I really, uh, there's a thread I wanted to pull on that you mentioned earlier where the idea of, you know, whatever, hanging out the, the stoners or the gangsters. And then you obviously chose the gangsters because the stoners, you know, didn't accept you because right. you weren't, you weren't consuming the same things as right. they were. Um, and then, like you said, that opened up your world to, you know, I mean, you've been a tattoo artist for many, many years now. 21. And so, yeah. And so that really was the genesis of you kind of seeing like, you know, the tagging culture and that sort of. Absolutely. Okay. You know, that got me in with the taggers mm-hmm. and all the essays had their tattoos Mm-hmm. My dad had a couple tattoos. Okay. You know, not uh, a couple home jobs. And it goes back to like Motley Crue. Right. Know, yeah, you see all the sleeves, tattoos. Sure. You know, and my dad drew, you know, he was he was pretty artistic. And, um, you know, I, you know, seeing the tattoos on, on the butt rock dudes is definitely like Guns N' Roses. Yep. You know, um, Motley Crue. It, it, those are more of the people that had the tattoos on the videos. Absolutely. You know, not the, metal, the gnarly metal bands didn't really have it. No. Because, you know, I mean, A, they were covered in leather, so you couldn't even tell. Yeah, yeah, had um, to tell, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that that was the interest. But I think hanging out with those guys, you know, got me into the tagging. And that's where I met certain people mm-hmm. that got me into the tattoo, you know, scene. Got it, you got know, it. A couple tagger dudes that, that, you know, we all, and we're skater guys, too. Right. So we all, you know, started hanging out at the tattoo shop because one of our skater friends' sister was dating the owner. Sure. You know, we're like 16, 17. You got time to kill, man. Yeah. Just hanging out. I think we're cool hanging out at the tattoo shop. Of know? course. And then eventually they're like, hey, you want to work the counter? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then from there it turns in the, oh, you can draw. Cool. You know? Yeah. And could you, like, was that always something that you, I guess, could do? Like in elementary school? Oh, yeah. Or? I always drew. Okay. I always drew. Got um, it. My dad would draw. It all basically goes back. My dad molded me into exactly who I am. You know, um, he would draw my lunch bags, and then oh, I would okay. trace like Snoopy or whatever. You know, yeah, yeah, easy shit. And I'd trace that out. You know, um, like in like first grade, I remember having like a, kids give me papers to like trace the Snoopy off my lunch bag. You know, for them. Okay. Um, should have been charging. Um, yeah, let's <laughs> charge charge a dollar for each yeah. trace. Yeah, yeah. yeah no shit. Um, and I, and I took art class in high school. Mm-hmm. First, the first art class was rad. The second one was super cool, and then like I kind of got over it. You know? Yeah, and was then, it was it just because it was like too I guess structured formal? Guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah stru- okay, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's like okay, do this. I'm like I don't want to do that. You know, I'd, I'd rather just dick around. And I think too the music was tight and kind of taking more priority at that mm-hmm. point. Sure, over art. Um, but they've always been parallel. You know, of course. Um, since I was a kid. And um, I think after high school, you know, you're playing in music and then, you know, you start hanging out the tattoo shop and you're seeing, okay, well, these people are doing what I would, wouldn't mind doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I tried doing other shit. I took an auto body class. And I was like, I'm going to be a mechanic or, or paint cars or something. And I was like, sure. this really sucks. Yeah, not and for me. Being dirty, being outside, you know, after spending a year and a half inside dicking around with, you know, people, this having fun Mm -hmm. yeah i'd rather you know do this instead you know and and so eventually they they had offered a couple times i didn't know what i wanted Mm -hmm. well i knew what i wanted i wanted to be a musician you know yep um that wasn't panning out hardcore doesn't really pan out at that point yeah no especially (laughs) especially at that time (laughs) and uh so they're like well 
you know, we're going to teach this other dude how to tattoo. That was like the guy covering my shifts when I was gone for shows. Okay. And so I was like, man, I blew it. Totally fucking blew it, you know? Right. And, and that should have been me. Yeah, yeah. And I was telling one of the guys, you know, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm bummed. Like, they're teaching this dude. He, he doesn't really care. Here I am. You know, I had the chance. They offered me a couple of times. I said no. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the next thing you know, the boss is calling me. Are you over there crying? You know, and I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and he was like, yeah, Johnny told me we we're all bummed that, you know, we're teaching dude how to tattoo. I was like, yeah, you know, a little bit bummed, you know, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, well, you want to learn? And I was like, yeah. He's okay. Well, here we go. I'm like, tight. Yeah. You know, and, and then almost threw me into the wild, you know, like, you know, it was, it was they, they saw something, apparently. You sure. Know, obviously, they, they wouldn't have offered if they yeah, they saw that there was something they they could mold into where right. it's just like yeah, we he has right. the he has the raw skills. I mean, to do I was it. drawing and I was yeah. drawing tattoos for customers, and, right? And writing names, you know, for the dudes that didn't do cursive very well. Like I'd write out the names and they'd pay me like a thirty dollar name. They give me twenty bucks and keep ten. Sure, you know. Um, yeah, there was I was and I was always doing something artistic at uh-huh. the shop because I'm around it, right? And it's in, it's inspiring, you know. Oh, look at that. You know, I can draw that and you draw it out. And then, yeah, so they, they saw that and they saw some sort of enthusiasm, but my head wasn't in the right spot mm-hmm. you know, where I, w- I didn't see like, oh, okay, I, I should do this. Right. You wanted to, yeah, you wanted to. Until it was taken the, away from me, basically. Sure. I think, you know, and then I was like, oh, shit, that's probably, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I should lean into this whole, yeah, yeah. this whole tattoo thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rockabilia.com is the place that you should have been ordering all of your Christmas presents. You know, if you need your band merch, you go to rockabilia.com. Use this code PC 100 words. That's the number one zero zero words. And that will get you 15% off of your order. So, you know, it's a little bit late to order for the holidays because let's be honest, like, you know, maybe if you upgraded the shipping, you'd be able to get it to there. So, you know, that's an option. You can always do that, but they have over half a million officially licensed items from any band you can possibly shake a stick at. And then they probably have a million different versions of those particular designs in hoodies, in long sleeves, in short sleeves. They have it all for you. It is an incredibly well-run company, amazing customer service. They just get you dialed in and the quality of the merch is very, very high. There is a ton of horrible bootleg stuff that exists out there. And it makes me sad that people order that and get duped into buying a just, you know, a horrible garment. And then on top of it, the band doesn't see any money. Rockabilia is legit and the best company that I've seen from a merch perspective around. So go to rockabilia.com, use the code PC 100 words, find your favorite band merch. And then, like I said, you know, maybe you, you do the expedited shipping, you get some awesome gifts for your friends and family, and you will be the hero of, of Christmas. Okay. I'm just, just, just letting you know, that's, that's what will happen if you order from Rockabilia. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, thank you Rockabilia for your continued support and happy holidays. And so like, do you, you know, I guess kind of on that tip where it's like, you know, when, cause I mean, realistically in this, you can, you know, disagree with me, uh, the, obviously the, the, the tra- trajectory with, with throwdown seemed to be like the, the quote unquote closest that you've been from that sort of like, you know, right. like making it, whatever right. that may mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so was, you know, did like when you were in the middle of it, like, were you, I guess, appreciating it or recognizing it or were you just kind of like along for the ride? Like, and when I say long for ride, I don't mean that no, in a no, bad no, way, but yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't think you realize, you know, what mm-hmm. you're doing. Like, you're just, you're just doing it. Like, because we're just, we're a, a show playing machine. You know, like, we'd, any extra, like, we'd be weekends, three shows, 
Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. You know, wherever we are. Yeah. You know, and then work, you know, go go to work for the week and everybody go to school and then next weekend. Okay, cool. Let's play another, another couple shows or whatever and just do the tour. And, and it's just kind of just the cycle and you're just, I guess you're just in it and you don't realize, like, something's happening. Because mm-hmm. everybody's doing it. Everybody you're, you're surrounded with are doing the same thing. Of course, of you course. Know? So it doesn't seem foreign, I guess, you know, as to where maybe, you know, people that weren't involved or maybe weren't playing the shows, mm-hmm. you know, saw it differently than we did. Sure. We were just, you know, doing what we always did and it didn't maybe, right. and I think too, maybe uh, the the venues never really changed for me. Like I was, it was basically the same level. The sure. There wasn't was like, like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there maybe would be more people at the venue, but it wasn't changing. I, I yeah, I didn't get to the festival. Part, that's know? true yeah yeah yeah. so maybe for them when they when they went a little further it was like oh shit we're playing you know Ozfest, right? yeah, yeah exactly right you know as we're you know we're just playing sold out showcase or whatever yeah <laughs> chrome club or whatever you know what i mean in yeah jersey. in jersey yeah 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 <laughs> yeah cog factory you know right that, that was that was what we were doing you know sure um yeah so i, I guess i didn't really i'm not gonna say i didn't appreciate it but i didn't really uh, recognize it recognize it there you go yeah 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 yeah, you were you were just you were doing it because that was what the kind of pattern was. Like yeah. that's what you were used to. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the you know, like when like you said, when that, that got kind of, you know, removed from you mm-hmm. was it and, and like you said, you know, you're like, Well, I guess I'll lean into this tattoo thing, like was that a difficult transition for you of being like, you know, oh, like I'm Marky from Throwdown or whatever into I mean, you've always played in a million bands. So right. Like, you know, you're always intrinsically connected to the music scene. Right. But like, you know, some people when they transition out of their band, like, it's like, you know, they're they're they don't know what their identity is. You know? Right. It was it was, you know what though, being that I was I still had wrench, mm-hmm. and and so we focused more on that. You know, uh, that was I guess that'd be the thing that I noticed the most was like my other bands weren't as popular. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The compare and contrast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And, and it's like, oh, well, it's harder to get on shows now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we got <laughs> we got to call a couple extra people to, to do this. Um, right. As for a throwdown, it was just, they were there. You know, they were automatic shows. You didn't, you just, oh, where are we playing? Cool. Yeah. And now I'm like, shit, I got to call Ira, yeah. you know, and see who's playing Showcase next month, see what I can get on. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Bleeding through, I left before it got too big. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and yeah. I think I think that was just a time management thing for me. Yeah, being in three bands, Dude, you know, yeah. having a job, you know, all these things just kind of like pulled you in a million different directions. Relationship at the time was probably like, no, this isn't cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So hey, cut that out. Like, spend some time with me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, so you know. And I did. Uh, there was certain things with that one that I was just kind of like over, anyways. But yeah, wrench was my baby. Sure, throwdown was my my meal ticket, if you will. You sure. Know? Um, and then work was work. Mm-hmm. So then when you get rid of one of them, then I'm like, cool, I can concentrate on the other two a little bit more. Right. You know, and wrench was what it was. Like, it, it would say a desired taste, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, it was a very specific uh, yeah. vision. Of what I, I mean, it's so and still is inherently unique from that perspective. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, the offspring that you can see, it's like, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like disembodied cane right. wrench, like, right, it, right, right. It, you know, often the imitated. Cane was so heavy. They were. Yes. Cane was the heaviest. 
<laughs> but it's like that, uh, like you said, it's, it's a specific taste, but it's like the people that identified with it, like really identified yeah, yeah. with it, you know? And there's bands that came out from those right. bands, you know, like not like influenced by, by us or whatever. And that's cool to hear. Yeah. They're big bands. And you're sure. Like, cool. That band. That being existing our- because of us or whatever. Totally, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, We're part of their uh, their artistic, you know, fabric or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, you know, I appreciate that, and it makes me, you know, smile, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah. But, um, yeah, it was definitely, it, it was hard for us to latch on to something. Sure. Know? And we tried to do a metal scene, and metal scene didn't like what we were doing either. Yeah. So it was just kind of, all right, well, we're just going to do what we do and fit wherever we can. And right. Then, Play whatever shows we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Warm up as many crowds as we could. Yeah. <laughs> did <laughs> you did you have um, like did you enjoy touring? I mean, I know like you said in the early days, once you started to tour in high school, like that was you know completely enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Did it ever kind of you know cross over to that like oh man like this is you know like you start to feel that that wear of being away? I I think anybody doing a van tour mm-hmm. is going to feel that. Sure. Know? Yeah, the first few you're like it was great. Yeah. You know, but then you're like okay. I haven't showered in however many days. I'm stuck in a van with these dudes, mm-hmm. you know. And we didn't have a trailer. Right. You know, full it's all punk, packed in there, yeah. Full punk. You know, we had the, the gear with the loft on top, so it was two on a bed on top of the gear and then the bench seat and then, you know, the, the two drivers. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it sucks after a while. Mm-hmm. But it is also you get to see your friends from different states or whatever and you get to not be at home. Mm-hmm. So there's a balance. I, I guess I... I I didn't get tired of it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed doing it, but at the same time, I didn't look forward to it. Okay. It's weird. It's, well, because I was saying, but just because... I think, too, it's just part of the motions. It just turns yeah. into, like, you, that's just what I'm doing. Right. You know? I was just going to say, because of your your personality, sometimes, you know, people who are... I mean, you're not... You know, I wouldn't classify you as a classic introvert, but like right. you said, you're not the person that's, like, you know, really calling attention to yourself. Right. And sometimes being around people as much as you are when you're on tour, oh, yeah. that can be like wearing to, you know, oh, a person a relationship. Right. You're right. Five person, six person relationship. Right. You know? Um, and there's arguments and there's little things that you pick up on that you're just like, Oh, that dude's doing that again. You know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I wouldn't not ever want to do that. Right. You know? Right. And you're going to have that with whatever situation you're in, mm-hmm. whoever you were spending enough time with, you're going to find something that's going to like drive you crazy. Sure. Um, no, I wouldn't change that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade that for the world. I would just. Um, yeah, like you said, you just. But I think you summarized it well yeah. when you're just like you know. Once it came down to it, like you, you maybe wouldn't look forward to it, but once you're doing it, it's like okay, like you know, yeah, I'm, great. I'm back in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And who doesn't want to play music? Right. <laughs> in front of people that like like listening to your music. Yeah. You know, I right. don't want to play music in front of people that don't want to be there. Sure. You know, and I've been there plenty of times. Right. right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And they've done that. I've, I've played plenty of shows where the, the uh, club owner might have locked the door to keep people in, you know, just to make the band feel good. Yeah, exactly. Um, just a glorified practice. Yeah, 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 for sure. A specific uh, <laughs> club in Sacramento. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that isn't there anymore. Um, so you know, with your you know, you pursuing all the creative endeavors that you have, from obviously tattooing and art to you know the band stuff. Like obviously, business is always laced in all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, especially too with you know, like working at a shop and being a tattoo artist. There's obviously a lot of hustle that you have to do, and like you know, you're setting your own prices and all that yeah. stuff. Like, did you, um, I guess, like the business stuff, or is that something that you've just kind of over time, like, you know, it's a part of it, so you have to do it. Right. Um, you know, how's your, how's your, I guess, thought process kind of 
evolved over time with, you know, the business aspect. It started early because I'm the shop helper. Okay. And so I'm the first person the customer talks to. And that's, I think that's the whole idea. Mm -hmm. That is, you're going to groom this person. So get the important stuff out of the way, which is, you know, sealing the deal. You know, get them in, get them in the chair. Sure. Schmooze them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, could be the worst idea you've ever heard of. But you're like, oh, yeah, no, we can totally do that. Yeah. You know, and you learn the prices off of the artist. And then, you know, for, so I was set as soon as I started. I was I was good at talking mm-hmm. to the customers because I was groomed to talk to the customers and sure get over that, like, embarrassment of, like, just talking to new people every day. You know, mm-hmm. 30 new people you never met, you know, and then, hey, how you doing? Right, you right. Know, how was your day? Whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's just that, that was you're groomed early on, and so that was never really like a, a difficult ladder for me to you know climb or whatever. It's just like okay, well, this is what I have to do if I'm going to work here. And so mm-hmm. like that first week was probably rough, and then after that, you're like okay, it's easy, easy talking to people, you know, right? And just bullshitting them or whatever, sure, and making them feel comfortable. That's the that's the biggest thing, make them feel comfortable, make mm-hmm. make them want to come back, right? And and I enjoy them. Like I, I, I truly enjoy talking to my, you know, my, I guess I'll call them customers or whatever. Yeah, you know? clients, customers, whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. um, there's an interest, interesting story for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. mostly. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some people it's like, well, yeah, there's, there's 10% of them. It's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. That's yeah there's, and there's people that just don't talk at all. And I'm like, cool. Sure. I'm like, we're not going to get along. Yeah. I'm going to do this one tattoo on you and that's the last time I'm going to see you. Totally. This is a simply a transactional relationship. Yeah. Right. This is- <laughs> and, and the funny thing is those people always come back, you know. Because I didn't bug them. Because <laughs> you didn't bug Yeah, because that's what they're looking for. Yeah. They're like, I'm just looking for this. Yeah. I don't need a new friend. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you were used to the show going experience, right? Like you show up to a show, you, you, you buy the ticket, you go in, you watch the band play, and then you leave. Say you want something more. Well, how about like coffee with your favorite band? Or how about a huge Jenga match versus your favorite band? Or how about an exclusive Q&A acoustic session with your band. Soundrink.com is the place that will give you insanely unique experiences with your favorite bands on tour. So dive into that website and you will be able to find really, really incredibly unique packages that these VIP ticketing companies work really, really hard for in order to make sure that the experience is not only authentic to the band, but it's fun. Because let's be honest, you've probably seen some of these, you know, VIP package things and you're like, I don't know, that sounds kind of lame. Like I get a, I get a flag and I paid an additional like $70 for this thing. No, soundrink.com has it dialed in. They know how this experience works. It works seamlessly. And like I said, they work directly with the bands and management in order to make sure they're giving something that is accurate to the band. It's not something that's like, oh, wow, the band doesn't like interacting with people over coffee, so let's have them do coffee dates. No, that doesn't work. So soundrink.com, they have it dialed in. I love what they do. So visit that website and find your favorite VIP ticketing experience, and you will walk away being like, hey, I am so glad I did that, okay? Thank you, Soundrink. I'm sure it's been interesting for you too, because you, like you said, you've been involved with the uh, tattoo culture for you know 20 plus years. You know, because I mean, tattooing where it's at now versus where it was at, you know, five, you know, 10 years ago, it's obviously everybody has a tattoo. Yeah. It's not, it's as mainstream as, as, you know, wearing a shirt, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and you know, so how, like, has that, I mean, you obviously are still passionate about it and still care about it. 
has it been weird for you to watch something that has been like, you know, a sort of weirdo subculture, prison culture, skater culture, you know, right. movement to now where it's like everybody has it and it's on TV and whatever. Well, it's like, like your favorite band got big. Sure. You know? Same idea. Like that was your precious little secret, you know, and like, oh, I only like this band because mm-hmm. they did this for me. And then they got a big video or a big song and then you're like, now everybody has this logo tattooed on them, you know. Right. Um. Yeah, I, it, it it was precious at one point, and mm-hmm. yeah, you're like, it's on TV and everybody has them, and the people that got tattooed in the '90s compared to the people that got tattooed this decade are totally different, you know. Sure. Old moms, grandmas, you know, I tattoo people in their 50s and 60s. Um, Whereas that would never have happened previously. No. And and even like we'll say percentage of women getting tattooed has skyrocketed mm-hmm. in the past, I'll say, 10 years. You know? Sure. Um, I've, I've had, you know, weeks where I'd never t- tattooed a dude. I just tattooed girls the whole week, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's so weird because it was before it was always just like dudes. Right. And not even like cool dudes, just like biker guys and, and just shit bags, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and then it turned into like, you know, all right, well, now we're like band dudes are getting tattooed. Right. And then, you know, um, alternative people. And then now it's straight up just family people. Totally. You know, getting family tattoos, like sisters and, and brothers and sisters and just family members getting like specific designs that are like for them. Right. Know? Right. So yeah, it's totally weird. But at the same time, you appreciate that it's something that's turned, evolved into something. Right. Know? Well, yeah. Cause you've, I mean, to, and to be clear, like you've never struck me as the person who's obviously, you know, Mr. Elitist tattoo guy. Like, oh, I wish, you know what I mean? But, but I mean, but I'm sure yeah, you, no, ha- no. you have many, you've seen many people maybe fall out of that culture yeah. because they either didn't like, you know, cause I could easily see certain shops or certain people just being like, I'm not tattooing these normies or whatever. Oh, you, I wish. But, or <laughs> yeah. I mean, but no, may- no, no, it, it's, it's true. Yeah. And it's tough, you know, but you got to accept it if you're going to be successful or try to be mm-hmm. at least, uh, stable. Sure. You know, have longevity. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I do hold things like where it's, this is mine. Okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm probably secretly like that. And tattooing is very precious to me. Right. And it means the world to me. So like when people abuse it or, uh, you know, just take advantage of their situation, it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I'm like, oh, you don't, you don't appreciate it. Like I do, you know? Yeah. I think it's not the right attitude to have, but I have it, you know, because I've been in it for since 96. I think that's when I started working at the shop. Right. You know, so it's like, I feel like it's, it's my baby. You of know? course, of course. Um, well, and you've, cl- I mean, and, and the same, you, whatever you like, you were connecting it to a band before yeah. it's the same idea where it's just like, you know, when everybody got into green day in the early nineties and then you were like, Hey, they have two of the records before that. Yeah. And people were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. And it's just like, it's like, yeah, like just do a little research, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah, idea yeah, as yeah. tattooing where it's just yeah. like, yeah, you should probably know where your discipline came from. Yeah. Especially if you're like, For sure. 
leaning into one particular style where yeah. it's just like, oh, dude, I'm doing koi fish all day. Where it's just like, <laughs> do you have any idea where that came from? You know, oh, <laughs> I was telling Lindsay one time, like, uh-huh. oh man, I must have been drawing and tattooing lotuses for five, six years before I even seen a real lotus. You know what I mean? Like, for all I knew, they were chrome. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Like, I know the specific design and I kept copying. I was like, that's what a lotus looks right. like. And that's like, it. Chrome lotus. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. It was yeah. like, for sure, dude. He's like, absolutely same thing. Like, we just had our flash on the wall, and that's what we knew. Right. We didn't do any early research. You know, like, oh, what does a lotus actually look like? Right, totally. You know what I mean? Like- well, I'm sure, too, because so many of those things, like, can't actually even appropriately pour it over to tattoos. Like, right. you're like, if I actually accurately did this, like, yeah. it would look terrible on you. Right, 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 right. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, the, uh, the amount of effort it took back then to get the reference. Mm-hmm. You're not going to you know, Google Lotus you right. know, and find like a picture. You're like, I have to find a book right. with a Lotus in it. Yeah. You know, to, I gotta go to the library it, encyclopedia. See what it actually looks like. Or yeah. I can just look at this flash that somebody drew and they, they drew their interpretation of it. And that's what I thought it looked like. You know? Right. Right. So there's that aspect too, of like how it's changed. It's like the tattooing has gotten so much better because of the amount of reference that's available and mm-hmm. how easy it is to get the reference and not have to, search out every little nook and cranny of any book right to see like one picture yeah yeah, yeah. like oh that's the one you know? okay i get this yeah yeah and you have to buy the book because you don't got a camera phone right right you know what i mean you can't just take a picture of it and then be on your way like you have to buy it or have like a real camera and take a picture of whatever it is that you were you know i go i go to places with a big old 35 millimeter camera and take pictures of stuff mm-hmm. hope that you know it looked good right when i print it out for my reference or whatever sure half the time it didn't yeah so you just kind of and the quality wasn't as good you know so you can't zoom in to see what you know that face on that painting that you saw look like or whatever right so because all these things technology or whatever it's made tattooing so much better Mm -hmm. so much harder for people to be better yep you know because shit man i've been doing it this way for so long and and i gotta just change everything yeah you know? now i gotta refocus <laughs> yeah. my whole discipline yeah yeah sure. <laughs> no that's true i didn't i didn't think about it from that that perspective of like you obviously like you know tattoo artists get into the you know what they are known for and the certain style that they're known for yeah. uh, but then in order for you in order for that skill to evolve like yeah you have to evolve with like you said the technology and everything mm-hmm. else that makes it easier because yeah. you're like oh like not even so much. I mean, I'm sure there's obviously competitiveness amongst tattoo artists as there is oh, in yeah. every. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. But then you also, you know, you appreciate what people are doing and you try to pick whatever they're doing right. Right. In your, in your eyes, what they're doing right. Totally. Like, okay, I can do that. Right. You know, might not be able to do as good, might be able to do it better. Right. But I can apply that to what I'm trying to do. Right, exactly. Know, and hope that someone else notices it and wants to get that from you. Right. You know? What would you say percentage-wise? I mean, this is probably this is probably an impossible question for you to answer. But like the, you know, obviously there are so many people who have been profoundly influenced by you know punk and hardcore in that scene, and clearly you know go over to tattooing. Um, would you say that predominantly it's it's not that? Like you know, even though there are a lot of people, it's like would you say that a lot of people that get attracted to the tattoos like is you know part of that whatever the original you know like the gangster crew you were hanging out right. with or whatever, or is that like? people are coming into tattoos from like all different walks of life. Dude, it's everything. Okay. It's weird. You yeah. Know? Um, we know specific people that are not anywhere near being like a 
true punk rock culture that are sure doing tats and and taking their audience of whatever their friends and and Mm -hmm. if they're in a band like with their audience you know for that band is and doing tats sure um and we might think they're total dorks, mm-hmm. you know, and they probably are. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, like they're they're doing that and, you know, it, it's a tough pill to swallow when you see like successful tattooers that didn't come from the, the punk rock, you know, like, oh, yeah, it should be punk or whatever, you know. But, sure. like, you know, it's, it comes from everywhere. Right. And there's nothing I can do to stop that. And there's no reason for me to want to stop that because it's if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. Totally. Why? That's what I wanted to do. And no one got in my way they supported me yeah for the most part right um so you know you got to kind of accept that i guess and sure and be there for them i guess you know if you want you know i guess it depends on the person too so of course you know case by case yeah 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 but no that, i mean that that, that makes well, yeah, sense yeah there's no there's no like bikers and punkers and that's it you know i mean it's everything yeah it's everything right people that have seen it on a reality show and that can draw and they're like, Oh yeah. Like I can, I want to try that. Instagram models. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) No, for sure. And then then they do all right because they got a million dudes just perving out on them. Right. They have an audience. So they're cool. I'll pay that person 200 bucks just to look at them for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) not go anywhere with it, but you know, just like be in the presence of that particular person that they've been stalking or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, no, it's true. Yeah, yeah if you if you have an audience, yeah, it's everything. Um, the last two things I want to hit on was one of them being, um, you know, because you have played in so many bands of so you know such a wide variety. I mean, obviously, it's all under the umbrella of you know punk, hardcore, aggressive yeah. stuff. Um, but people continually want to play with you, um, and you know, in, in part because you know people are like, oh, like. I know that this person knows what they're doing or whatever. So like, you know, drummers, <laughs> well, yeah, to an extent, but, um, you know, do you, do you look at that or attribute that at all to, you know, kind of your own personality just because you are, I guess, easy to work with, or is that something you I reflect? Like I think that I'm okay. easy to work with. I hope I am, you know, sure. I, I can be stubborn and I've worked with people that are super stubborn mm-hmm. and we get along. Right. Um, Steve, Steve Miller, when I, you know, we did a crush on you, everybody would be, oh man, he's, he's very particular, you know? Sure. I'm like, cool. And you know what? We, gra- we went great with each other. That's know? great. Um, <laughs> and then like, it's the easiest, one of the easiest people I've ever been in a band with. And everybody was, was like, oh man, he's hard to work with. And it wasn't at all. And I think it's just because I, I, I'll, I accept it, you know, like when they go, okay, I think this should sound like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you're probably right, you know, and then I try it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then I don't play it, you know? Sure. That's um, a good point. Matt Henderson, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a, he, he gets on me, you know, but it, it's usually for the better. And, you know, like I've used that line with him. Okay. Yeah, I'll try it. But if I don't like it, I'm not going to play it. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I like to think that a uh, I'm good enough that people want to do something with me musically, but I think also I like to think that my personality I'm not a, a total dick. Yeah, you know, and they would enjoy going to practice that I'm at. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah, because it does. I mean that that 
I mean, you know, just as well as I do, like that obviously doesn't happen with everybody. Right. Like there oh, are yeah. certain people where it's like, or it's kind of, Oh yeah. I've been in the bands. So I'm like, Oh God, I don't <laughs> want to see this person today. Totally. You know? Yeah. It's like, Oh geez. This is, <laughs> I mean, I understand why they're interested in this, but like, I don't know if we want to, I, don't, I mean, yeah. I'll try it. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. try it, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um, well, whether it's a, a part or a whole song or a whole band. Right. right yeah. Or an individual <laughs> member. Yeah. Um, you know, I've recognized, I mean, obviously we've, you know, been friends for a long time and you've tattooed me and everything. And I've seen the way that you kind of, you know, you are an artist and you were there and this might be too, not too big of a question, but sort of a philosophical thing where it's like, you know, you were there to obviously serve the person, you know, they are your client yeah. as far as a tattoo is concerned. Um, is there, it, this doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, directly apply to you, but like kind of what we were talking about before, there has to be some sort of elitist attitude where people are, are tattooing a bunch of different things, mm-hmm. but they're like, Oh man, like, you know, I don't want to do this stupid tramp stamp or whatever. I'll do it. <laughs> right. You know, but like, I, like how does that, um, because I'm sure you've had to kind of evolve your thinking where it's just like, dude, if I do one more of this type of tattoo, I'm going to like, you know, stick this needle in my eye or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, so how, you know, how does that kind of like, sit in your head what if, is it simply just like i'm just here to do this job for this person or how's it evolved for you you ultimately want to give them the best tattoo that they can have okay and whether it's something that you draw or if it's something that they bring in it depends on you know i people bring stuff in and if it's something i feel like i can make better i'll draw it and if they don't like it i'm gonna give them the tattoo they want Okay. You know, they they're the ones that have to be happy. Sure. I it doesn't matter if I'm happy with the tattoo or not. Okay. Because um, I'm gonna I'm not gonna see it after they leave. It's true. They're gonna see it forever. Um, I want to give them the best that I can give, and if it's something that I feel like I can draw it better, and if they like it, that's awesome. If they're like, you know what, I've been staring at this picture on my phone for three months, and this is the one I want. That's the one they're gonna get, and I'm not gonna talk them out of it because. They're just going to, they're never going to, they're going to be like, they're never happy because it's not the one that they have been looking at the entire time before they even walked into the shop. Right. You know? And so. Yeah. It's like not your job to stop. It's a tour for the people. Right. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for real. No, I appreciate it. And, that. um, I, I want them to be happy and I, and I want them to have a good experience and not feel like I dogged their tattoo idea. Yeah. You know, oh, you're stupid for wanting that, you know? Right, 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 right. No, you want this arrow right here going backwards, facing whichever way? Cool. Uh, that's the one you want. That's the one you're going to get. Yep. You know? Yeah. And I'll do it good. Yeah. Because, I mean, and not everybody has that attitude, though, right? Do good enough. Um, right. Not yeah. everybody has that attitude, right? No. No. Okay. There's people that are like, I'm not going to do that, you know? Uh-huh. There was a time where I'm like, I'm not tattooing a finger ever again. Okay. And then three people come in and want finger tattoos. I'm like, cool, man, let me get set up, you know? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just I mean, that's it, when they come in is when you when you uh, <laughs> declare that you're not doing that right. thing every You draw again. the line in the yeah. sand. I've this never is did, it. This right. is the last name I'm going to do in this font and then I want this cool. Let me get set up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and I I appreciate you answering it this or answering it these ways because it's like I just don't think that people especially because this is such a part of our subculture mm-hmm. and people don't um people don't consider that 
the, those, those mental exercises that right. artists have to go through in the same way that it's, it's tough. Like, right. In the same way that it's like, you know, whatever a bands on their second record and like, it's like, Oh, like you, maybe oh, you should yeah. change your sound or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like the same sort of idea where it's just like, Oh, you see, you see that backfire in a lot of bands. Of course. Their artistic vision changes and it's not what the fans want. Right. Or they come back, they do this big reunion, and then they're, oh, well, we wrote all this new stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I want to stay here. Everyone's like, nah. Sometimes it works. Yeah, sometimes. You know? and, and it's because it sounds like the record that should have been next. Right. <laughs> the logical progression, where it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you, you're not, still not you. The sound, not the record that's 10 years later. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so sometimes it works, but yeah, you got you to gotta give them what they want. You know, like, uh-huh. if you're going to be, I mean, I... I to be a true happy artist, you're gonna do whatever you want, and that's why you need your other things. You know, paint, mm-hmm. have your other customers that let you do the stuff that you want to do. Sure, your friends, usually your friends are like they see what you want, what you want to do, and so they'll let, allow you to do that. But you still have to have your market for the other people that just want your services. Yes, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and same with music. You know, if you, if you want to be artistic, start a different band. Right. <laughs> You know, have a side project that that is that crazy sound and electronic stuff that you're really into. But yeah. still have your mainstream, you know, this is my hardcore band. Yeah. You know, the, the breakdowns and just two string songs, you know. Totally. Three notes or whatever, you know. Yeah. So as long as you have like a separate thing that. that you have an outlet for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Then you're great. Yeah. You know. No, for sure. The um the last thing I want to ask you is because I've I've always been eternally fascinated because at one point I wanted Taken to record with uh who's the dude who recorded You Don't Have to Be Blood to Be Family out in the middle of Riverside. Oh my God. What was that guy's name? He was he was from Dave the Best. Dave the Best. I just remember <laughs> he because was not the best. <laughs> no, but I remember because like I, I actually had a phone conversation with him oh, because okay. I I think everybody w- like after that record came out. Everybody was so transfixed by like this. This is it sounds so good. It's so heavy. Whatever. Um, there, like from what I understand from anecdotal stories, like that recording session was just uh, ridiculously funny because he didn't know what he was doing. It was miserable. Okay. It was. <laughs> um, all right. So Dave the best yeah. was in Slaughter. There you go. In Slaughter. I knew it was. <laughs> yeah. His his claim the fame was writing up all night. Okay. Um, and he had a recording studio in his house. Okay. And well, yeah. How did you guys even find that? Like, Dom met him somewhere. Okay. And he was just like, "Oh yeah, you don't want to spend that much money. I can do that for this, you know." Okay. And he's like, "Okay, cool. Well, you know, he's either totally on it or he's a complete asshole. Yeah. You know, for saying that and just ripping us off. Um, and we go to his house and he'd just be drinking the whole time. Okay. At one point, he literally left us at his house to go to a party across the street. Oh. And we recorded, we tracked like three songs <laughs> while he was gone. Oh, my gosh. Like, Dom was like, okay, I'll do the board. You know, I'll engineer, cause, yeah. Yeah, because he was taking a class for engineering and stuff. Uh-huh. And so he knew kind of what he was doing, and, and so we just basically did it ourselves. Wow. At his house, you know, just used his equipment and then paid him money, you know. That's ridiculous. It was insane. Yeah. And, yeah, he was he was a mess. And, and there was stuff... Like there's there's, a, a, like samples on the snare, uh-huh. because I told him the snare does not sound good, right. the one that I had. And I'm like, I can get a different one. He's like, no, this one's fine. And then he's like, you know what, you're right. But we already tracked everything. So then he put like a, a, a sample. Sample, yeah. And so I'll if I listen to that record, I'll hear. That's all you hear. He's like extra triggered. 
you know, sounds. I'm like, this is so bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, it just is such a... It drives the, me crazy. And, and the, re, the reason it's so interesting is because obviously it's an important record, not only for Orange County, but just the hardcore scene in general. It could have been so much better. But it, and, it, it, <laughs> and it's just, but it's just weird because it's like, you know, usually... You know, a record like that, then all of a sudden, like everyone wants to record with that dude or whatever. Oh yeah, and we, it's like, but like no one else worked with him after dude, that. It's whoever. Yeah, right. Because yeah, yeah. like fuck no, don't go to that. <laughs> totally, guy. totally. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, everybody would always go to like whoever. Oh, our friends just did that record there. Let's of course, there. yeah. Let's great. go to for the record. Go to yeah. Double Time. You yeah. have all these studios. Or and, the, yeah, uh, Jeff Forrest. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? Double like, Time. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Down in San Diego. God, he was a mess too. Um, yes, he was. He would listen. To other songs while we were tracking. Jeff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Like, uh, Wrench did Because Wrench, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did not like us at no. all. And, um, because what it did, he didn't play like Weird Al or something. Um, yeah, he was, yeah. He was so we guy. record a song. I walk into the engineering room. He's listening to Deftones. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we are literally recording right now. Like, yeah. we're done. Yeah. He's like, oh, cool. And just like hit stop or whatever, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you're yeah. not even paying attention no, at no, all. No, no, no. He's but like, he I'm just shit out of that record, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's know? like, oh, I, uh, I can A B this. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. And then he would like, you know, do like sound replacements on the drums while we're playing, like right. just to entertain himself. And I was yeah, like, you're a fucking weirdo, dude. Yeah, man, that's um, so funny. But yeah, we, you know, yeah, for for sure, for the record, double time, and then, uh, yeah, whoever, like they, I don't know where, what party he was at that he met that dude. Yeah, that's so random. And it was like, let's give it <laughs> let's a shot, try, whatever. Oh, um, um, Aisham. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we worked with him a lot, right? You know, and he was fun. Yeah, he had an idea of what he was doing from open hand. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, which is another cool thing about music is you meet so many rad people. Totally, that are doing so much different shit than you're doing. Yeah, you know, open hand was a completely different band than anything that we did. Yeah, but he was totally in the hardcore. Totally, he loved scene, it. You know, loved stoner rock later. Yeah, loved stoner rock, and Alex is like one of the best metal drummers ever to not really be in a metal band. I know exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's, it's like oh, okay, all right, that's what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, yeah. But he, you know, you meet these awesome people from random sessions and stuff, and it's like cool. You yeah, know? I didn't meet anybody from Dave Vester. No, nope. Forrest. Yep, you know I mean? that that was the end of those. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure, <laughs> one and done with them, dude. That's funny. Well, uh, thank you for doing this, Marky. No we did it, my crap. friend. <laughs> Six years in the making. Hell yeah, dude. Spectacular conversation. Thank you very much, Mark. You need to check out his band, The Eulogy. He, um, they're, they're just really, really good, and they've got a lot of cool stuff coming up in 2020, uh, stuff that, uh, you know, just put, keep your ear to the ground. But uh, you can find them on any streaming services, and you will be able to hear their awesome version of, uh, you know, like old guy punk and hardcore. <laughs> when I say old guy, I just I use that in a very charming manner. But thank you very much, Mark. I appreciated your time. So like I said, next week, no new episode. The following week on January 1st, you got your your best of 2019 episode. So yeah, I guess I won't see you until 2020, okay? So uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever it is that you're celebrating. Uh, hopefully it brings you you know good tidings and great joy and all other fun stuff. But uh, yeah, hopefully just, just just relax, okay? That's that's what we all need in this world, just to take a moment, appreciate those around you, and relax. So that's all I got to tell you until 2020, all right? Be safe, everybody. And please don't forget about Sonos. Dive into their website, Sonos.com. Find the best speakers around for all of the gifts on your holiday list. You can blow your mom or dad's mind if you are hooking them up with a Sonos system and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to set this up. Boom. 10 minutes, 
They're up and running. Got to connect to their TV. Got to connect to their phones. It's the best. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. And as always, thank you so much, Sonos. Hey, Miles. Yes. It's Jack from work. Yes. Hi. Did you know that we host a daily news and culture podcast where people can I go to get caught up know. on what is yes. happening? Are you? Yes. Are you confused about that? You're talking about the Daily Zeitgeist. I just wanted show to that make sure you knew and that everybody knew that you could listen to us every day, twice a day, talk about what is happening and they could learn everything without feeling the life drain from their soul. Yeah, I think at the Daily Zeitgeist, we like to give people a balance of just enough news that they feel informed and just enough laughs that they're not overwhelmed and can have a decent day after listening. So guys, listen to the Daily Zeitgeist on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are given away for free.